Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and a very warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is the call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Monday, the 12th of September. Now I'm gonna introduce my guests, our two experts on today's show. Here for the full hour, joining me, Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor and Nathan Samasundarium from Deep Data Analytics. It's great to have you both with us. Uh, first up today, let's take a look at our first five stocks. We have Iris, Frontier Energy, EMV Vision Medical Devices, Vista Group and Pendle. So they're the top five we're going to be talking about today. Our stock of the day today is Nickel Industries. The company is emerging as a globally significant low-cost producer of NPI. Now that's a key ingredient of the production of stainless steel. It currently has four projects across Indonesia. Uh, the business released an update relating to its Henjaya mine saying the amount of nickel resource at the mine is 3.7 million tonnes, up from 2.4 million tonnes. The managing director, Justin Werner, says it places the mine among the top 10 global nickel resources, highlighting the world-class size of the deposit. Now, here is how the stock is performing today. Let's take a look. Okay, it's up a little 6.67%. Uh, not bad there. This is on that news, obviously. Uh, well, let's take a look at uh, what the experts think. Let's go first to you, Gaurav. Hmm. Stock look, of the day. It's it's not a business I'm particularly familiar with. Um, Meth, I don't know if you know Nickel Industries. I, I, I don't, but just having a quick look through the presentation this morning, I, I don't like that they're so focused. The ambition of this business appears to be just to get bigger and so much about size. And I think that's a common mistake investors make in mining. A common mistake management makes in mining is they confuse size for success. And uh, just because you're a big miner doesn't mean you're a good miner. BHP and, and Rio, to some extent, have made this mistake for decades and corrected course now. It feels as though um, a similar, similarly um, wrong kind of thinking um, is in this business as well. As I said, I don't know the assets very well. Um, nickel is not a simple business. There are different kinds of nickel. Um, ideally, if I'm looking for a nickel business, I want a nice, clean, sulfide deposit, ideally in Australia or in Canada and, and nowhere else. And the last thing I want is complex acid leaching nickel production um, out of Indonesia. So the complexity, along with the, the very strong ambition, make me a bit shy about this one. Uh, as I, I'm, I'm happy to say I don't know the stock very well, but I'm also I'm also, I'm also going to say I'm not that interested in getting to know this dog very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, it's, just a, it's just an avoid for me. It's not one I'm interested in. Not one you're interested in. Yeah. Okay, Gaurav, what do you think? Uh, I mean, Nathan, sorry. Uh, no, I mean, it, look, I, th I think it is an interesting one. The reason it's interesting is because this used to be a market darling. Mm -hmm. Everyone loved it on the initial run. So this is, they were acquiring assets, <coughs> you're right, and it got the market interest. A um, lot of fund managers were reverse broking. I it. do remember that. And, yeah, and right. so yeah. it had a really good run. I mean, it went from I think it was like fifty cents to a dollar eighty odd, dollar uh, sixty, dollar seventy odd. So it had a really good run. Everyone got excited. 
but it's interesting to see that this is actually one of the underperforming nickel players. It's had multiple downgrades uh, and the market has turned. And Indonesia has a certain amount of sovereign risk attached to the nickel um, resources as well, with governments tend to get excited about they want to do more things domestically, they might restrict things. So that's also playing a bit negative on that. Um, brokers have been downgrading this for a good part of six to nine months. Mm. So that, again, this has been sliding. You don't want to. Are they downgrading because the price is falling, right? Because they always upgrade as the price goes up, and as the price falls, they downgrade. And the interesting part about it is everyone's yeah. downgrading. Yeah. yeah. But if you look at the multiples, they look really cheap. Mm. And we've discussed this. It's always looked cheap on multiples. Yeah. Right? So this is the problem with yeah. uh, mining stocks. When they look cheap, mm. that means everyone's, despite their pessimistic talk, their forecasts are pretty optimistic. Mm. So you, it's hard to live up to that expectation when the yeah. multiples are so cheap and the stock is still falling. So that's always a bad sign. So, uh, you know, if you look at the comparisons, people will look at IGO, which is probably the best managed, but it has a lithium kicker. So that's trading at all time high. The other one's probably the riskier one is panoramic and that's turned around and recovering as well. So I can see why people would be interested in it. You get a positive update. Is this the turnaround? It's a tricky one because it's an underperforming one. I don't think you, the management gets the track record benefit that IGO gets. So I'm still a bit skeptical on how this plays out. I'm not trying to pick the bottom on it, but nickel is an important play. Everyone hates nickel uh, and it's hard to do. Everyone hates, everyone yeah. loves nickel. No, it's, now a, it's a bit of disagreement It's here. a green now, metal, right? Now, yeah. now they do, right? Say six to 12 months ago, yeah. everyone hated nickel, right? Mm. And now anything linked to EV, yeah. you know, buy everything. Yeah. So. I think nickel is an interesting one because this is underperformed so much compared to most other players. It's one to keep an eye on. I'm not jumping in. I want to see uh, you know, the operations turn around. Right now, all the brokers are downgrading. You don't jump into a downgrading stock, especially a stock that should be doing well in this macro. So I'm keeping an eye on it because I think nickel is interesting, mm-hmm. but I'm not jumping in now. I'm not jumping in. Gaurav, what would it take to make you jump in? Look, I think... Um, when you're buying um, a business, you want to have a really well thought out and um, and well constructed investment case. For me, it's not good enough to think I want to buy a nickel stock or buy a nickel stock. Even though it's really trendy at the moment. Especially if it's really trendy <laughs> at the moment. I want to buy something where I've, I have an insight or an idea that other people don't have, where I understand something better, where I can see why it's mis- mispriced. You know, buying a stock is really about collecting um, mispriced assets. There are millions of people pouring all over the same data as you. If you have a hope of doing better than everyone else, you better have a unique insight. Um, and I just don't have that with this. And it's not good enough to say, I think nickel prices are going to be up. Mm-hmm. Your opinion is one amongst millions. And I'm afraid it just doesn't matter very much. Um, yeah. Unless it's backed up by a unique insight. It just doesn't. I, I, it, me thinking the price is going to yeah. go up or down is just completely meaningless. I'll throw something in there. Yeah. The, if you look at the, over the last three months, the best performing commodities. Yep have been EV metals like graphite, lithium, coal, uranium. These are the best performing ones. They're the only positive performing ones over the last three months. Mm-hmm. All the others have underperformed. So copper, nickel, all, all have underperformed. So in this context, w- the only commodity running is either oil type energy play or related EV play, everything mm-hmm. else is. And that's why everyone's looking for everything that's linked to EV. So right now, that's the hot thing. I'm not saying that's, that's the reason you want to invest, but that's what you've got to understand why the why market the, is so high, because right. everything's in there. Look, let's get right into it. Our mm. first stock of the day, picked by you. John has chosen Iris Limited. Now, Iris is an Australian financial company providing information software to the global finance industry. Gaurav, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's been around a long time. We've owned it um, at various points. We've had it as a buy at various points. Have not owned it for years. 
And that's because um, while it's extremely dominant in Australia, the reasons for its dominance are also reasons why it's hard to grow. It's because it's hard to take market share. Um, you know, it, it's trying to it's trying to acquire. Um, it's trying to chase growth overseas. And it's actually, to be fair to management, it's done a reasonably good job of, of growing overseas. Um, the entrance in the UK market has been pretty good. I've been I've been fairly impressed. It hasn't done badly at all. But I do think it's a it's a difficult business to grow. Um, I would view this more as a stable cash flow business, and I would be paying multiples um, that reflect that status. I would not be wanting, be wanting to pay high prices, high multiples, expecting growth from this business because I, I think it's it's going to be hard to come by. Now, that's not to say it's impossible. Management's very good. It is a really good business with lots of resources to throw at acquiring new customers, but it's hard. And um, So buy, hold or sell? I would hold this now. Yep. It's going to be hard. It's Look, if you're not buying it, you're probably never going to buy it really because Things don't go wrong very often in this company, and the only way I would buy this if there was some sort of stuff up and something went wrong in the short term and the price falls. I think that you get those opportunities once a decade with Iris, not very often. Um, so look, it's a hold. You probably get average returns holding this over time. I, I don't see a particularly compelling investment case. Okay, Nathan, what about you? Yeah, this gets confused with being a tech. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's more of a platform. I mean, it's a trading platform, yeah. data platform. Um, I wouldn't get excited about the whole tech side of things, but it, look, it's solid. Um, in Australia, it's built its customer base over a long period of time. Uh, you're right, it, the, the ability for them to how they grew in Australia, it's very hard to replicate. Mm. And they're playing against massive gorillas in, on a global basis. Um, and I used to work in that space. It's really tough. When Thomson and Reuters merged, and this is going back about 10 years, mm -hmm. You just had the 600 pound gorilla come into the industry and it's just hitting everyone, right? So everyone else ha has taken a backseat. Bloomberg struggled, Faxed struggled, all these global players. You look at Iris, it's like the poor little cousin trying to come out of Australia trying to compete with these big boys. It's really tough. They've done a pretty decent job, but expectations of it is pretty low because as Gaurav said, that's what most people think. It, it's gonna be tough, it's, they're gonna struggle. So, but look, I think it's a good business. It pays out a decent yield. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yield play. So it's, it's almost like a utility. Yep. Uh, mm. You know, you've got to think about it. And the problem is sometimes people overpay. Like I look at someone like a computer share right now, people are overpaying for that mm -hmm. utility. Iris is not being overpaid. I mean, the multiples looks expensive, but it's got the growth. I mean, it's got some growth going for it. So I think it's okay. Um, I would be a hold here for this market. Um, I'm not buying it because I just don't think in this market, there are opportunities coming. Um, and this is not one that's going to shoot the lights out. So I don't see the big risk return for you. Uh, if you are in it and you've done okay and, and you're thinking long term, it's okay. It's a stable stock. It'll do okay. Yep. But yeah, you're not going to get the big move in Iris anytime. Okay. So. That's a hold from both of you. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to our second stock from Gary. And he wants to know about Frontier Energy. It's a company developing the large-scale Bristol Spring Solar Project in the heart of Western Australia. Now, it is aiming to be one of the first significant green hydrogen projects in the state. Uh, we'll take a look at the charts there. But some really interesting stuff happening. Um, let's go to you first, Mayfield. Let's mix it up a bit. You yeah. Oh, it's... It's hot, right? It's right hot. Now, it, hot, it's hot, the hot, hot stock, right? Yep. This is the, this is the hot thematic. Um, the whole green hydrogen. I know Graf's <laughs> going to lose the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And good thing you put it to me first. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and and uh, to look, I look for red flags. Yeah. And when they use a lot of bingo words, always scares me. Yeah. Um, it's a ninety million. I mean, it's a small cap, micro cap. It's a potential pump stock. There, I look at the major shareholders. Mm. There are a few spruikers in there. 
And I went, oh, no. <laughs> and that's, that's always a red flag because okay. when spruikers can get, like if you're a trader, you want to be with them when they ram it up. And when they get out, you need to be able to get out. So if, you, uh, if you're not a trader, I think this is a high risk stock for you. This is for me um, still to prove and it'll take time. Um, they got cash. So they're unlikely to raise in the next couple of years. Um, looking at the balance sheet, it looks okay. Um, it's a hot thematic. Everyone's going to be chasing it. I'd say most people have no idea how their business model works uh, but, and what they're doing. Uh, and I'm not smart enough to know the whole detail and where it goes wrong. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so in a new technology. But look, it, it is going to do well in the short term. It's going to get interest because everyone's looking for the, the next big thing. In so the is that a buy? Uh, look, uh, look, if you're a trader, I'd say, yeah, you have a swing, very small swing, and expect substantial volatility. But if you're an investor, this is not a stock that you're going to be investing in. Okay, so buy, but be careful. High <laughs> risk. Running in my notes. Would you agree? Buy. You no, that's what? I'm just, I'm questioning Nathan's sanity here. I'm ready to here. buy here. No, no. Nathan, uh, you're, you're, you're wrong on this one completely. I... I don't know how you buy this. Um, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you I that I have, I have no idea. <laughs> but I it's hot, no hot, idea. hot. I mean, they're Nathan's words. Amber, the worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can do as an investor is buy the hottest stock um, in the hottest industry at the time where everyone else is doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. You don't get anywhere doing that. Um, it's a great recipe to lose money over time. I suppose so, if, if that's what you want to do. But... They're probably easier, cheaper ways <laughs> to find a conversation well, I'd starter. Say this is Buy a, yourself a t-shirt. This, this, is a, this is a classic <laughs> trading stock. As I said, it's not an investment stock. If you're investing over 6, 12 mm. months, this has got high risk written all over it. Uh, but the sad part is, and looking at this kind of thematics, when they start off and how people go in and looking at the people, some of the uh, substantial shareholders, it's probably going to go up. So for a trader, mm-hmm. short-term trading, look at it. But long term. I think it just depends on the approach. I'm not necessarily trying to buy stuff that's just sure. going to go up. Um, you know, I'm trying to um, invest in a real business and buy something that's been mispriced by the market. Now, they're trying to build a green hydrogen energy project here. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds good. Everything sounds good. Any, anyone can make anything sound good. The idea <laughs> is not to buy a good story. You need to buy a good business. They're in pre-feed stage. Feed is the front-end engineering and design. That's really early on in the process. They have to do the pre-feed stage, then you need a feed, then you need a feasibility, then you need a, a study to show you how much money you're going to make. I mean, they're a long way off generating any, any cash flow here, and perhaps it works. Maybe this all works, and maybe there's money to back it, and maybe it spits out cash at the end. The point is not to guess the success. The point is, um, what are you going to pay for the success? And I don't know if it's going to work or not. I don't know how to, how to quantify the odds. And when you don't know any of that stuff, the best thing to do is step away, um, admit you don't know, and, and try and find something you, you have a better idea on. So that's a hold? No, that's a big fat avoid. <laughs> and if you Hang hold on. it, sell big it. Big fat <laughs> avoid. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've got and, it. And I've if, got you're, it. Ho- if it you're holding first. it and you don't understand um, green hydrogen, you don't have some idea that's, that's about the, that's where the, this that's might the, go. That's the, that's the big yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, as an investment, if you're looking at it as an investment, you need to understand what the business does. And... Can either of you tell me exactly no. what this is? <laughs> Hydrogen is really an input-output problem. You're trying to um, you, you you use a whole bunch of power to generate um, this this hydrogen fuel, and there's a big difference in the power that the the difference between the power you input and the power you output is kind of the equation you're trying to maximize. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. Not many companies have really um, done this really successfully at all, 
the green is the, probably the hardest part. Isn't it? it very appealing because no one has done it? So if they've done it, mm. they do it. It will be hot. <laughs> well, the, the whole concept is it's such a high risk play. Yes. Yeah. And and the thing is, it uses so much energy to, to get to that that differentiation. Yes. That if it if it doesn't work, you're doing as much damage as you were trying to avoid. My general, my general view of these um, commodity businesses is, is it's not really the demand that drives the returns, it's how much capital is, is being thrown into this industry. Yeah. You know, we're big um, investors in coal, um, oil and fossil fuels at the moment, and we have been. Everyone who's watching the show will know I've been talking about this <laughs> for years. Um, and that's not because I, have, I, I think prices are going to rocket, I didn't forecast they were going to rocket but it's because there's no capital going into those industries. Those industries are being starved of capital and, and the supply side is, being, um, is, is shrinking. The opposite's happening in a lot of these green sectors. Capital is flooding these areas mm -hmm. and there's no, certain way, there's no more certain way to lower your returns than to flood an industry with capital. That, that, that lowers returns for everyone and, and I fear that's what's gonna happen here as well. Um, so this is a this whole area. Not it's not just this stock. I, yeah. I would I would have a lot of caution over this entire green energy area. There's a lot of money chasing uncertain, um, volatile returns here. It's not a good recipe for investment success. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our third stock. It's EM Vision Medical Devices. Now the company is aiming to become a leading global medical imaging company. And Gavin asks. Um, after your opinions on EMV, it went great from IPO until 2020, but it has been on a downtrend since then. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, this is interesting an interesting question. area, and this is not the only stock that's struggling. Uh, imaging and um, uh, diagnostics mm. had a huge run. We were on a number of stocks. One so, of our, my favorite, which is actually holding up relatively well, is Telix. Uh, one of my former shops raised money for them, mm -hmm. and they've done really well. Um, there's a lot of technology, new products coming wow, in. down 48%. Yeah, mm. so, th you know, after that, it's the, cl the classic growth stocks. So when the growth stocks peaked, everyone ran, and then it's been sliding ever since. And if you look at, um, you know, the service providers like Capital Health and IDX, they've also come back. I mean, IDX is a really, really good business, and it's yeah, come back. Yeah, so it's been a buy for us as yeah, well. There's, yeah, there's, there's the whole sector thematic has come off. Mm. And again, it, this, is, this used to be a market darling. Yep. And it's come right off and, uh, you know, everyone's downgrading. And, you know, I, I'm interested in the sector because I think the thematic on the sector is good. Mm -hmm. But the market is still trying to work out where it should be priced. Got overly excited, now overly bearish. Now nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, but I think it's Except interesting. because we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see why uh, investors are looking at this stock. It, it, it is an interesting sector. I think the outlook is pretty good. You know, even a low growth environment, these guys should do better. Um, so, number of stocks there, IDX, Capital Health, Telix, Envision, um, you know, ProMedicus to a certain extent, all of these things are of interest in this cycle. Uh, but again, the market is not willing to pay up right now, uncertainty is high, people don't know where the growth stocks, and these used to be growth stocks, mm -hmm. and people don't want to touch growth stocks. So there's a lot of things working against it. Buy, hold, or sell. Look, I think this is one of the areas where it's a good risk return. I think, it, because nobody wants to touch the whole sector, I would look at it. So I would actually, uh, I would put this as a buy. I'm hearing it's this a high as a risk buy. buy. And I think it's worthwhile You're looking at. You're liking your high risk stuff today. Yeah, because look, the market has thrown out a lot of stocks, right? Some of these sectors, they've just thrown out the whole sector. I like IDX. Um, that's been thrown out as well. Um, and, you know, Telix is held up pretty well. So uh, look, I think there is interesting pieces in this business model that's worthwhile. And now the hot money is out. Mm -hmm. Now you've got an opportunity to buy into a growth story that potentially, you, look, you've got to trust management here, but 
you know, I've listened to most of this sector. The management's pretty good in most of them. Okay. So you've got to back these guys. And I think right now your risk return is in your favor compared to a couple of years ago. So. Do you agree, Gaurav? He's living dangerously today. He's living dangerously yeah. today for a yeah. Monday, especially. Wow. <laughs> it's even I can see what he's like by Friday. He's even got his life jacket on. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, the, I'm the bear, right? Generally. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, personally, I'm just holding a market short since the mm. start of the year. So and I've said that openly. And I think the market is going lower. But there are opportunities now that even a bear looks at opportunities that the market is just throwing that out. Mm -hmm. doesn't want to look at it. Mm -hmm. There are opportunities. I think it's too early for this. This has some really interesting text. So what they're trying to do is, um, is miniaturize brain scans. So you know, if you have a brain injury, um, every second counts. I think that the stat is every second is worth 10 minutes of your life or something like that, right? So every second you can save in getting a scan and a diagnosis is super important to the outcome. So instead of sending the patient um, and transporting them to hospital and getting them into these big room-sized machines, they've got a device that, a bit like a, like a helmet, mm. it fits on your head, it can do an instant scan and you can get a diagnosis and get some treatment going straight away. So it can save you, you know, sometimes hours. Um, the difference between life and death. It's a really important piece of technology. Um, I guess they've been really good. I think management's really sensible here as well. They own 20% of the stock, so there's good insider ownership. I think they've done really well in gathering external finance. A lot of their finance has come from, not from capital raisings, but from grants, innovation awards, and external finance sources, which kind of demonstrates that technology is well, um, it's, it's well received by the industry, which is something good, something to look for. Um, they haven't really sorted out a revenue model. You know, there, you can either go through a, a subscription model. You can lease these devices out and you, you, and sort of rent them out and collect rental revenue, yeah. or you can sell them and somehow monetize um, consumables that go along with the uh, with the device. I, I don't think they've sorted that. There's a lot mm. to do now. They've they've only got seven million bucks in funding left. Potentially a cap raise coming. Well managed. I, I agree. I think management looks to be good. Technically, um, the product looks very interesting. I just think it's too early. The revenue isn't really coming yet. They need to do more on um, on explaining how they're actually going to make money out of this device. Um, and there are a few different options for them. It's not a business without hope, but I think this is an interesting idea. It's just too early. And I would, if you had it, I'd just hold it. Hold it. Um, but I wouldn't be rushing off and buying it yet. But it's probably one you can put on your watch list. Hold interesting. on. Interesting. It is mm. really interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a very, very I mean, interesting. This, this they also reckon. Sector. And, and I'm, you're right in that context that they still have to work out a few things. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an interesting sector because, as you said, I mean, I just had a friend of mine pass away and had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Now, the the heart attack when you have a heart attack, the effect on your brain, like the the speed to get ambulance to you and get that uh, diagnosed is very important. Like every minute counts, mm. and you can be brain dead. So these kind of services, as the population yeah. changes is going to become more and more important. Yes, they're going through that change, but what you have to also look at is if there is certainty about the model, the stock price will be a lot higher. Yeah. Why it's down is because people are not sure how that's going. So it's more about management, product, how does that sit? And most of those pieces, I think they've done the work. But granted that the market got overly stupidly excited, yeah. right? It was yeah. paying like it's already running and making billions. Uh, and the whole sector did that. Now it's all come back. So for me, it's when the market doesn't want to look at and doesn't want to pay for the potential upside is when you want to look at it. 
Um, yeah, you, you don't jump in heads first, but I think it's this is the time to start accumulating. All right, we have to move on to mm -hmm. our next stock. And we're going to look at Vista Group. Now, Vista is attached to the cinema industry, providing management and distribution software and analytic tools. It's basically a cinema management web package. Um, so Bruno asks, some time ago, Nathan and Gaurav were talking about how they liked Vista Group. Uh, what do they think about this stock at the moment, Nathan? Yeah, look, oh, I'm a fan. I am a fan because what we look at in a tech stock, and this is a tech stock, is is it a platform tech that can drive organic growth using the platform? Um, and this, the problem for this one is, compared to the, the top two that we always refer to is Altium and Ordinate. And both of them have done really well and for the right reason. And Vista Group got hit by the fact that a pandemic came, lockdowns and cinemas and so forth. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of been a, a big, and then they had to issue a lot of shares and diluted themselves and that's kind of curbed the upside. And I so mean, the market you, you would expect them to be a little bit high given the pandemic's over and everyone's going back yeah, to the cinema. You yeah, you would think so. Um, and that's that, that's the problem. And it's you know the other thing to look at is how much bearish in tech stocks. Mm -hmm. So you can see when tech stocks are really bad, the shorters will come for it. Mm -hmm. right? This is a macro environment where the shorters come for tech stocks if they are broken model. Mr. Group, Altium, Ordinate do not have shorts. Right, there's a lot of other stocks, and there'll be a few stocks we talk about later yeah. that have a lot of shorts, yeah. and there's a reason for it. So I think Vista Group is actually interesting. It's a New Zealand stock. Anything from New Zealand tech, you've got to look at. <laughs> and, and they are very good at the doing this. The day, is it? Uh, yes, you always <laughs> look at Vista, uh, New Zealand tech. And uh, look, I, I'm actually interested. But again, it hasn't hit the straps um, and the operations are not going great. And that's probably why the market's not paying up for it. They can't see the upside. It is one that I'm keeping an eye on because I think it has the platform thematic that it could be something better. But at the moment, it's not hitting the strap. So, so just to hold? I would be holding. If you held it through, I would be holding. Yep. Um, but I'll be keeping an eye on the numbers. If the numbers start to pick up, then I'll be jumping in. Hold, potentially buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a, but the thing is, out of the text, this is, has the potential as a platform tech. That's what I love about it. Uh, Gaurav, what do you reckon? So we did have a buy, buy on this during the pandemic. Um, Interesting. One of the... We no longer do. I'll get to, to the reason why that is. But one of the reasons I really liked this um, when I first saw it was there was a little business out of New Zealand that had somehow captured 50% of the global industry, uh, global market share for, for cinemas worldwide. Um, and to see a little business out of New Zealand catch such a big market share of a niche, it's quite an attractive thing. Um, owning a niche um, in software, it it can be really attractive because um, big software businesses don't necessarily chase those niches down. They're not profitable enough. Um, but you can actually milk a fair bit of uh, really decent returns out of a niche if you do it well. And, and I thought that may have been the case for Vista. So we, we did actually um, have a buy on this. Never bought it for the funds. It wasn't liquid enough, but we did have a buy on it um, in the research business. And the investment case was that it was a business that was exposed to cinema. Cinema had been smashed by the pandemic. And I thought there would be some cyclical upturn. You know, mm. I thought it was unfairly sold off. They could bounce back as bums got back into seats and cinemas reopened. And it became clear that really wasn't happening. Um, and the numbers just weren't coming back the way we expected them to. And, um, and that's, where the, that, that's where you run into difficulty. You know, when you have an investment case and the numbers aren't supporting the case, you then have to ask the question, do you show patience or do you cut and run? And, and we sold, we, we, okay. we, we cut and run. And the reason for that is it's a small business um, and with software, you're never sure how much 
money they have to put into redeveloping their software. You know, software companies look wonderful because they don't have to produce anything and there's very little capex, capital expenditure, but you never really know how much they um, are funding or not funding the, their software. You know, the, we've, we've seen businesses where everything looks wonderful and one day there's an announcement, oh, we haven't invested enough in this software, we have to raise money and put more money into this, into software development. And you get those shocks every now and again. As an outsider, you just never know. Um, and everyone thinks patience is wonderful. Most people will say it's better to be patient than impatient. I reckon be very diligent with how you allocate your patience. Throw, patience is, is, a, is a limited supply. Use it in, in the investment cases you have high conviction on. Be quick to sell and quick to change your mind in investment cases you don't have conviction on. And this is one of those. I reckon this is still a sell. I don't think the investment case is there quite yet. Interesting company, keep it on your watch list. Yep. I think like Nathan, as these numbers start to turn, if you start seeing better results, I, I wouldn't be adverse to coming back into Vista. Okay. There's a good product there. I, I think it just needs, um, I just need to watch it a bit more because the numbers didn't do what I expected them to do. It doubled after the pandemic from the lows. Yes, it uh, did. Yeah, yeah. Just by the dilution. Yeah. Before it was insane. They were, I, I love the business at the start because of what Gaurav's been sharing in the platform side of things in the cinema growth globally. Mm. But people were paying five, six dollars, which is insane growth. It was, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. I couldn't buy it. Uh, and then when it fell, it got smashed yeah. in the pandemic. And then it danced to two, around 260, 280. That was actually okay. Now, then the numbers didn't come through as what people thought we would. And I have to admit, is that because of what's happening in streaming? There is so much mm. streaming offering now that you there can... Is, but people are still going to... That's right. They, they yeah. are, but not like they used to. It's kind of weird, but I think streaming has sucked out a fair bit of that business model. Yeah. And I hope not, because I actually used to enjoy, you know, mm. when a good big movie comes in, you want to go get the popcorn, eat the butter, uh, not the popcorn, just the butter. Well, I mean, yeah. the thing about Top Gun, it. when Top Gun, everyone yeah. went to the cinema. It was mm. a movie you had to see in the cinema. Yes. So you're always going to have those big blockbusters where people are going to go to the cinema, But I right? don't think we, we do that as often as now. As often, perhaps not. Yeah, we like, we pick and choose, and maybe it's the inflation and the cost of living and so forth. We pick and choose how many times we want to go as a family because, you know, you need four or five people to go. It's, it is an expensive trip. That's about it. Twenty dollars for a thing of popcorn. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> it's cheaper to make it at home. Yeah, exactly. So it, it it has. I think the streaming has changed the dynamics, and the cost of living has changed the dynamics a bit. Mm. Yeah. and that's what worries me. But. Okay. I, you know, if this turns around, this will have another big run. We do have to move on. And let's mm -hmm. uh, talk about our fifth stock. David wants to know about Pendle. Now, Pendle is formerly BT Investment Management, a multinational investment management company. It offers portfolio management and investment advisory services. Uh, Gaurav, what do you think about this one? I might be wrong here, but I think this is the old Treasury Group as well. Uh, Matthew, is that right? No, no. Is that no. something else? No, this is the, this is the BT. Uh, the BT, BT, okay. This okay. is BT. Regardless. Um, just not interested in it, not Amber. No, no. I, I think these. Um, so um, you got to be really careful with these finance businesses because they look when everything's working really well. They just look fantastic, and the numbers um, look fantastic, and it and it screens really well. You know, when you're looking for good numbers, it's a business that lends itself to looking like like a great business on paper, but. Underneath all those healthy looking numbers, I think there's a business that's easy to compete with, um, completely dependent on a handful of people or, or, a, or a collection of people. Um, and, and See down there, down 39.6% over the year. And I don't think it scales as well as many people think it does because the cost inflation can be quite high. We've lost money on, on the style of businesses in the past and it just made me very 
cautious um, about buying these things simply because they look cheap. It's not good enough. We do own, um, uh, which one is it? Um, MA Financial, mm -hmm. which actually fell a long way today um, with a license change, but um, it just highlights how things can come out of the highly regulated, um, the people businesses, and a cheap price is not an investment case. If you're there, you can hold. I, I, I don't have um, I, I don't have a good sense of, of what makes this a good investment case. I don't have an investment case for this company. Nathan, what do you reckon? It's if I'm correct, it's actually under bid by Perpetua. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now this is putting one underperforming business with another underperforming business and hope to come up with something better. Um, the problem with fund managers is on the way down, they these are not vastly massive. I mean, BT has never been a great outperforming fund. Um, they benefited from the fact that they had the Westpac uh, distribution network yep. feeding in the money. And as they buy, so they hold a certain portfolio and as money comes in, they buy the same stocks more and more. And so in a bull market, that works beautifully. And when that stopped, it actually unwound very badly. I think I've, I've lost money on Perpetual, Platinum and Magellan, all three of them. And you don't buy, <laughs> you don't buy a turnaround story mm. in, a, in a bear market with fund managers. I just don't think you buy turnaround stories in fund managers. Yeah, you just don't buy them. look, I mean, the fund mm. managers are great when the market doesn't mm. want to look at it and the market is running yeah. and the fund managers get thrown out mm. because they still got outflows. Mm. Because if you go through every um, correction or crash, what happens is people always sell out at the bottom. <laughs> they don't sell out at the top, they always sell out at the bottom. And the problem is when fund man people pull money out of fund managers, they have to sell the same stocks they hold. Yeah. So they underperform even more afterwards while the market bounces. So it just, it's a bad model in a bad market. So what a hold? Oh, look, I would, not be, I would not be in fund managers right now. It's no. the wrong part of the cycle. All right. Well, let's summarise the first five stocks and the stock of the day. Now, stock of the day was Nickel Industries. We had a bit of a discussion about that. Let's uh, see. Gaurav's not interested in Nickel Industries at all. Nathan, underperforming, not jumping in at all. Uh, if we go to some of the stocks that our viewers wanted to hear about, uh, Iris Limited was number one. Uh, Nathan is a hold, not buying because there are opportunities coming, but not now. Gorev also a hold, unless something stuffs up and the price goes lower. Have I quoted you correctly <laughs> there, Gorev? I think so. Uh, let's look at Frontier Energy. Uh, Nathan, hot, 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 but there are a few red flags. It's a very high risk stock. Buy, but be careful if you're a trader. Uh, Gorev, hold, big, fat, avoid from mm -hmm. Gorev. So two very different opinions there, I think. Uh, EMV yeah, Medical Services, uh, Nathan, buy, but it is high risk, be warned. Uh, Gorev, hold and keep it on your watch list. Uh, then we go on to Vista Group, uh, Nathan, always look at New Zealand Tech, hold, potentially buy. Uh, Gorev, uh, New Zealand owning a large part of the niche market, did have a buy, but now you have a sell. Uh, just didn't have the upturn expected post-pandemic, but keep it on your watch list. That's so a good advice there. Pendle, not much enthusiasm for Pendle today. Uh, Nathan was a hold and Gorev also uh, not interested at all. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro account.
accounts at our website. And the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch here at osbiz.com. So let's check in with that portfolio update. So heading into September, Universal Store, Next TDC, The Lottery Corp, ResMed and Oz Minerals were removed. Karoon Energy, Boss Resources, Washington H. Souls, Pats, Premier Investments and South 32 were added. So let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 3.35% on a cumulative return basis since inception on the 1st of March. Not tracking too badly there. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Okay, plenty more stocks to come. Our next six stocks as chosen by you. We've got Lake Resources, Omni Bridgeway, Betmakers Technology Group, TPG and Blackmore. Some good uh, stocks to have a chat about there. Let's go to the first one, uh, stock six. Now, Martin has asked about Lake Resources. It is involved in the exploration and development of lithium brine projects in Argentina and exploration for minerals. Now, it's been getting quite a bit of attention lately following a rebound in lithium. Plus, it's recently appointed a new CEO with 30 years experience across the mining sectors, which many people are thinking is fairly positive. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, if you're buying lithium stock now, uh, a bit late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's already had two cycles, mm. uh, or probably more. Um, the thing about it is, it, everything, as we were talking at the start, everything related to um, EV or any energy side is done really well. The funny part is the laggard is actually oil. <laughs> the, the standard oil stocks are the laggards. So we actually jumped into a few of them. Um, and the interesting part for me is the fact that Sure, that's fine. I think lithium is going to be one of the solutions. I don't think it's, it's like when we're talking about green hydrogen. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a basket of solutions. I think certain industries will do better under certain ones. So you're going to have a lot of different, different solutions. And that's the risk you take when you go full throttle on one particular commodity. Because one commodity has one particular play. I think if you're playing the EV thematic, especially now where we are in the cycle, Look at the beaten up ones because you're not going to make an electric car without a fair chunk of copper and a fair chunk of nickel um, where people are paying up for lithium. Uh, I mean, these, all these lithium stocks are multi-billion dollar mines. And, you know, we're paying a fair amount of money for something that is going to be delivered in years to come. And I think a lot of them will, but there's going to be a lot of competition. So I'm not so sure that that's going to be your safe bet. If you jumped into it early, great, you've done well. But right now where we are, I don't think lithium is the place to be. Uh, we are jumping into oil stocks. We've moved into even picking up a few uranium stocks. Boss Energy has been one of them that we looked at quite, quite well uh, in the portfolio, uh, Osby's portfolio actually. Um, so in that context, these are kind of stocks that are interesting to look at. Um, I think if you're coming into lithium now, you've got to be really careful because there's a lot of optimism. There's a fair amount priced in. If the optimism unwinds, you're going to be at the wrong end of the cycle. I think the energy sector plays well for the next six to 12 months. Um, and I think the, the usual candidates will do well. The underperformers have been uh, oil stocks. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at energy stocks right now, I'll be it looking be at oil. oil. Okay, so, could you, you agree, Gora? This is, um, this is a hard one, actually. The, it, it's hard because they're trying to do something quite new. Um, and, and I think investors should be careful here. So, so lithium, you can, Australian investors will be familiar with spodumene, which is the raw rock that you mine to extract lithium out of. 
Over in South America, they do it differently. They extract lithium with brines. There's these huge evaporation ponds, kilometers, tens of kilometers wide, and um, they throw sort of briny water in there, they evaporate, and then the proceeds get um, processed. It's a very different way of doing it, um, probably older than uh, spodumene, actually, when I think about it, but it's, it's, um, it has its own complexities. Um, these guys are trying to do away with the evaporation ponds, and they've come up with this technology I think it's called ion exchanges or something, something I do not understand. I don't think anyone understands. You sound, you sound very knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one understands these things. But um, So, so that's, there's your first problem. They're trying to do something completely different, which I, I'm just not sure you need to do. I, I don't know why you'd, you'd take the risk on an ion exchange when mineral resources are sitting there making billions of dollars from, from lithium traditional, in the traditional way. We have a few way. stocks to get through, so I'm going to need a decision. Buy um, or sell. They have no offtake. They have... Um, they have no binding um, financing, no binding offtake, and technology that has not been proven on a 1.7 billion market cap. You can't buy that. This is a, this is another sell. And also, the CEO just just disappeared. He just he just left one day with Never no warning, <laughs> and that's not a good sign either. <laughs> I, I, there's too many risks here. This is a, okay. a big a fat sell as well. A big fat sell. Okay, yeah. let's look at stock seven. We're going to rocket through these. And Simon wants the experts' view on Omni Bridgeway. Now the mm. company is the global lead in litigation, financial, and ma- managing legal risk. Let's go back to you, Gaurav. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, we own Omni Bridgeway. Um, it's been a buy for for quite some time, um, and recently it's done really well, um, which is nice because for a long time it did really badly. <laughs> Um, Omni Bridgeway is a litigation funder for a long time, but um, they used to put their own balance sheet at risk funding litigation um, for, for class actions and the like. Mm-hmm. They have recently changed business model. I think this is the opportunity. What, pe- what people do not understand about this business, why it's been mispriced, is they are now opening um, a fund structure. So they're using external capital now to fund litigation cases. Um, it's just a leveraged way and a less risky way of doing what they've done for decades very successfully, but it transforms the economics. It makes a lumpy, um, um, unpredictable business into a steady cash flow, reliable earner. And I don't think the market understands that difference. Um, it, it completely changes the business. It, and, and I think um, for the better, I think it's still a buy, despite no. despite the, the rise in price. I think there's still potential value what here. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, look, this is from uh, IMF Bentham. I, uh, IMF, yeah. And look, the, mm. the management is amazing. I agree. Uh, but They're the market good. just doesn't understand it. It used to be lumpy. The new model is a bit less lumpy. Uh, and I think Graf's right. The changing of the model makes it better. But the, the important part about this stock is in a bad market, this yep. is non-correlated to economic growth. So this actually should get interest in this current market. So yeah, I, I would say this is you know in the pullback that we're seeing now got got up to four fifty, come back below four bucks. I think it'd be a, a good buy here. Okay. I think it's a good defensive buy. We have agreement because it's it's one that's not linked to economic growth, and I suspect economic growth is going to struggle over the next couple of years. And this you should do better because there'll be a lot more people suing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, on that note, uh, let's look at, look at uh, Stock 8. And Gareth is interested in Betmakers Technology Group. It's an Australian-based company that's engaged in the development and provision of software, data and analytic products for the business-to-business wagering market, as well as the production and distribution of racing content. Uh, let's go to you, Nathan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we were talking about how some stocks are shorted a lot more than others. <laughs> um, yeah, this one has 15% short. Wow, wow. really? 15? Yeah, 15. That's quite high. Yeah, right. And you know, that's in the last 12 months, it's gone from less than 5% to 15%. Mm. So, um, and you can look at the share price and say, what? Because share price is falling and yeah. they're shorting it even more and more and more. 
So this is common in pretty much all the online um, betting business models. There's been a few, and that has been pumped before. It was a market darling when a few fund managers were talking it in, in the market up and everyone mm. was chasing it. And they used to announce new states that they were going into in the US. And every time they announce it, the stock goes up, it prices in the growth in like a day. Uh, so this thing ran seriously up. And now, you know, you can announce that you're going into a different state and no one cares. The stock just keeps falling. So there's a fair amount of competition out there. Mm -hmm. The conversion from announcing new areas, new business models to actually executing, the market still doesn't believe. They're waiting to see the numbers come through. And I think a lot of those hot money has left. And I think it is going to struggle a bit. Um, and I think there'll be a lot more cap raisings and there'll be a lot more play into it. At this point in the cycle, I think it's very dangerous to play in this sector. And a lot of people who've been there when the big run up, they've all left. So they know something and they've been there from the early story. Don't try and pick the bottom here. Is that a sell? It's a sell. Okay, do you agree? Yeah, I, I can't add more to that. I completely agree with, with that. Um, sell, yeah. Uh, unusual for me and Mates to have such, um, <laughs> such constant agreement. Yeah. I know. Okay, we'll leave it there with a the sell. Yeah. I think that was quite comprehensive. So Stock9 is from Wayne. He wants to know about TPG, which is, of course, the Australian internet provider. Uh, a lot happening in this sector at the moment. Um, actually, we'll go to you first. What do you think? Yeah, um, we used to own this, um, oof, talking about now pre-pandemic, I think. Yeah. Um, just as that merger with Vodafone was was starting to happen, um, we owned this, had a buy on it, but I quickly, it's one of the fastest sells we've ever done. Um, the day David Tia resigned, I think within about 30 minutes, we completely exited the position. Okay. Um, and that was because, not because it's all dependent on one man, but um, it's just uh, when the key driving force, not behind, not just behind this business, but really behind the success of a completely new business model in the industry, you know, this really low cost way of doing business in the industry. When he suddenly leaves without, a, without any warning, um, I, I think that's, that, that raises questions and um, I, I just did not want to be there. I still think- um, Is this the CEO you said? Yes, yeah, the, the yeah. founder and CEO, yeah. David Teo. Yep. Um, yeah. And I still think a lot of those questions remain unanswered. Now the great case for putting Vodafone and TPG together was Vodafone has this mobile network that's completely underutilized. Vodafone did not know how to um, how to make money from a, a pretty decent mobile network. TPG knew how to gather customers, but did not have the infrastructure. So you put those two together, you should have a network that can increase utilization. On a fixed asset base, you should have really good scale and really good margins and profits coming through. An excellent idea, it just has not worked because most of the management from TPG has gone and you're left with Vodafone who are struggling to get customers on that network. So what was supposed to be a, a scaled um, mobile network with lots of customers mm -hmm. remains um, a largely vacant mobile network that is still under-earning. And I don't think it will ever make money. I, I don't think this is a viable mobile business. Um, it exists, still exists mostly so it, its parent Vodafone can collect interest payments on the huge amount of debt. Um, that they wrote off and I think in the absence of that you'd, you'd probably be looking at a restructure of this company and whether mm -hmm. it can really go on um, it's, it's not a terrible business, but um, it looks very cheap on the numbers I just think against the competition um, the mobile business is not viable. They've got a pretty decent broadband business They have a wonderful fiber business. That is the key to this stock if I could get my, my if I could get in the room with management and say get rid of mobile get rid of broadband well, focus on, they might be watching <laughs> Focus on that broadband business, 60% margin, super scalable. I think the second largest fiber business in the land. That is the 
cream of this company. If you can get to that, you'd buy it. But with all the other stuff, I'm not interested. But for now, sell. 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 Okay. Do you agree, Nathan? Yeah. Well, he used to be a big fan of David here. Don't lie. If if he told you to buy, you would buy the Probably stock. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 mm. I remember because the the problem I had with it was he was mm. promising to do really cheap uh, Wi-Fi deals, data plans mm. um, with Huawei. And friends of mine who were working in Asia said there is no way in hell Australia is going to let Huawei products into Australia. Mm -hmm. And without that, TPG could not deliver the cheap uh, option. And that was the downfall and it's been sliding ever since. Vodafone was a Hail Mary pass uh, when it was already in decline and it just kept on declining after that. Um, yeah, you need, you need to see some big changes. And it's an interesting thing because in the telecom sector, there's some big market darlings over the last two, three years have gone south very badly. Aussie Broadband, mm -hmm. TPG, yeah. this used to be you know, massive market darlings that unwound very badly. Telstra, the biggest gorilla, has been outperforming. We are, we've been in Telstra and we're happy to stay there. I think it's really tough. At the moment, you need to wait for them to do a restructure. And when management does actually do a plan to turn around, just like what happened with Telstra when it got to 275, wait for that restructure plan. When they start to do something smart, then jump in. So that's a, that a sell? It's a then? sell. Yeah. It's a okay. sell. Look, let's go to our last stock today. And it's from Tim. He wants to know the expert's opinion on Blackmores. Now, Blackmores is Australia's leading natural health supplement company. They've also gone into manufacturing now, so not just marketing. And the CEO is widely regarded, but apparently there is a bit of friction with the management. Uh, Nathan, what are you thinking about Blackmores? Yeah, look, I want to like it, but there's too many red flags on this one. Um, the manufacturing was an interesting move. New management came in, things looked like it was moving, market got excited, had a huge run up. Um, it was way too early because people weren't executing yet. Everyone assumed that everything would be perfect and it wasn't and then it fell back again. And this, the problem with management uh, and the board and all that, this is not just yesterday's story. This has been happening for a number of years and even with management change, that's still playing out. So I'm keeping an eye on it, but the thing to remember is input costs have gone through the roof. So the guys who used to have the branding, this is basically a marketing uh, business. They, you know, they buy stuff, put it together, and then suddenly massive, it. yeah, massive, yeah. Yeah, it's A to milk type thing. So those guys had their time. Now the guys who actually make the products are doing better. So for them, these guys, the input costs are going up, management problems, I'm not jumping in, but it is one that I'm keeping an eye on because when things turn around, these things have a massive margin play that could work for them. Again, this is a China story that hasn't happened like a lot of other China stories that have struggled. Um, so it is one that could run up, but now is not the time. It's one to keep on your watch list. Keep on the watch list. Gaurav, do you agree? This fails the fundamental test of a business for me in that it doesn't solve any problem at all for society. You know, what is the purpose of this company? It creates, Selling, it creates it its own vitamins, problem. doesn't it? Isn't um, this like a health <laughs> elixir? No, no. It, 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 Look, if, if any of their products actually work, they'd be called medicine, they're not supplements. But um, that doesn't stop it, millions of Australians <laughs> yeah. making them every single day. Yeah, so, so while you, people do that, there will be a successful business behind So you're relying on um, the irrationality and um, ignorance of other people to keep your business alive. I, I find it hard. Look, it's just not for me. Investing is a very personal thing. I, I can't invest in a company where I, I think the product just doesn't work. You know, eventually, and yet it flies one up the day, shelf. well, um, the margins have halved over the last few years. Uh, I think this. I think you can say this was a um, was was a business that was once 
uh, very popular and had a, a really popular brand and, and I wonder how sustainable that really is. So part of that, hold or sell? Um, no, so I see no reason to buy this. $1.3 billion dollar was, market The margin cap. was mainly China and driven. Yeah, you're right. They were There's making a lot, a lot of money there. out of China. When yeah. that story stopped, it's hard to get that. Yeah, money. but I think that question remains really pertinent. You know, every, every company, if a company is an agent for solving some sort of problem and it gets rewarded for doing that, if you can't identify the problem it's solving, if the problem it's solving doesn't create any value, there is inherently no value in that business. Um, and, and, I, and I think that's the problem for, for Blackmores and for everything else in this industry. You, you're just relying on, um, on a consumer to continue buying something that with, with questionable results. Um, so this is, I've never been interested in this business. Don't question it's a sugar lilies. <laughs> <laughs> sugar jellies work really well with kids. <laughs> They do, actually. I agree with that. Well, they taste uh, better, right? Yeah. Yes, that's um, yeah. yeah, lots of sugar, but let's not go down that path. <laughs> uh, let's summarise the second half of the show. We've had a very interesting second half. Lake Resources, Omni Bridgeway, Betmakers, TPG and Blackmores. Um, and I'm just going to have a little look here what we've got. Lake Resources. Nathan said, if you've jumped in early, great. Otherwise, hold. Be careful with lithium optimism. Maybe look at oil instead. Uh, Gorov, be careful. Sell, 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 in his words. Uh, Omni Bridgeway. Nathan, buy because it's not linked to economic growth. Some good advice there. Gorov, buy despite the rise in price. So two buys there. We have agreements. Uh, Betmakers, let's take a look at them. Nathan has a 15% short, quite surprisingly, a fair amount of competition. Uh, sell. Gorev also agrees, sell, definitely a sell from Betmakers. You're really agreeing today, guys. Unusual, yes. Yeah, very unusual. Yeah. Uh, TPG, Nathan says sell. Uh, Gorev said the CEO has left. There's lots of questions unanswered. A great idea, just hasn't worked. Sell. And then Blackmore's, uh, Nathan wants to like it, keeping an eye on it, a hold. Uh, Gorev couldn't have been clearer if he tried. He personally doesn't believe in it. Uh, don't buy, sell. So I think we have a fairly, uh, we didn't agree on everything, but nearly everything. Um, it's just been a wonderful That's show. That's a worry, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, that mm. is our show for today. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet to us at TV. And a reminder, uh, where to find all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.com uh, forward slash portfolio fairly uh, straightforward there uh, thank you to both our guests it's been an absolute pleasure coming up Excellent. next on the small caps Ben Cole the managing director of wide open agriculture joins us to discuss the takeaways from the food hotel Asia summit in Singapore uh, thanks for joining me it has been a wonderful show big big thanks to Gaurav and Nathan and I hope to see you tomorrow mm -hmm.